This episode is brought to you by Xtenet Systems. Connecting customers quickly, securely, and reliably to networks and solutions is more crucial than ever. Xtenet Systems powers the networks that make buildings run with secure 5G and fiber-neutral host solutions found in thousands of locations, relied upon by some of the largest sports and entertainment venues in the country. With services that include infrastructure, indoor-outdoor mobility, private wireless networks, and enterprise connectivity, Xtenet provides businesses with what they need to thrive. Visit xtenet.com to learn more. That's E-X-T-E-N-E-T dot com. Sports stadiums and large public venues come in all shapes and sizes. Some have domes, some have natural grass fields, some have banked concrete ovals where cars drive fast. While no two stadiums may be perfectly alike, there's one thing that all stadiums today have in common, a reliance on technology. This is the Stadium Tech Report podcast, where we talk to people on both ends of the stadium technology equation including the stadium technology teams who deploy it and use it, and the vendors and service providers who supply it. I'm Paul Kapuska, editor of the Stadium Tech Report, and your host on the Stadium Tech Report podcast. Welcome to a special edition of the Stadium Tech Report podcast. Uh, We're joined today by our good friend from Verizon, Kevin Akers. Kevin, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Paul. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm well. What I wanted to talk about today is the 2022 Stadium Connectivity Outlook Survey, which we've just published all the results in our white paper. And um, I know, you know, you have some good insights on the results that came out again this year. We did this last year, so it's this is getting to be a nice annual uh, sort of recap with, uh, you know, the expertise that you have and, and your viewpoint on the results. I, I do want to get into some of the specifics as we go along here, but it seemed like going through the results, there was a very constant thread in the replies, even to different questions. And one that showed what looked like to me, a renewed or continued commitment by venues just to improve their baseline connectivity infrastructure. Can you comment on that a little bit? Because I I thought that was pretty interesting. No, absolutely. Yeah, it's not surprising. When you look at the, just the proliferation of wireless devices, either brought in by the guests with watches and fans and phones, and sometimes multiple phones, plus all of the, the core services, the venues that we're providing are sitting on wireless networks. You need all the RF you could get. So you were, you know, you're looking at the Super Bowl had 85% take rate on their Wi-Fi network. So that's a, a significant uplift. So how are we going to accommodate all of this moving forward? Right. So you have to look at kind of the entire connectivity platform of Wi-Fi, um, private 5G, CDRS, LTE, plus the macro networks and, and the DAS strategy you have. So um, it doesn't surprise me at all if they want to continue to be successful and offer uh, offer the services to the fans and, and just keep the operations of the building running. You have to think about it and have a, a sound strategy moving forward. That was my impression as well. It's great to hear that analysis. So the one thing that didn't surprise me from the results was a desire or a top line focus on saying we need to keep improving in venue connectivity for fans. I just think that that's going to be something we're going to need to do year after year for the foreseeable future. But what was more interesting to me uh, were some of the other replies that followed in a response to a question about what was on venues roadmaps for uh, 2023. 
And in descending order, the next three replies were about improving connectivity for operations, supporting walkthrough security screening, and supporting cashierless concessions. I'd like to dive into each one of these topics, starting with the operational communications needs. Talk a little bit about you know some of the different RF opportunities or, or advancements that are out there, CBRS and, and whatnot. But in another question, we asked how venues might use private 5G to support specific back-of-house needs and, and got some very interesting replies. So can you talk a bit about how private 5G fits the specific needs of venue operations? I can, yeah. Um, I mean, when you think about guest experience, you really got to kind of think of it in two ways. You have the the, the things you typically think about with the apps and, and the cool features you might see, the camera angles. But um, I think the most important foundation of the guest experience is the operational uh, solutions, right? So the ticketing, the POS, um, how do you get that fan from their house to their seat and out quickly and efficiently? That's going to drive their experience. So that's first and foremost. And then, as I mentioned before, with the, the the take rate of what the guests are using on these networks, on the kind of macrocellular network and the Wi-Fi, you got to think about more spectrum. You need more RF to power these these solutions, right? So now you're you're looking at you know, private five G um, to do that. And now you have an inherently more secure, dedicated bandwidth to utilize for these services. And not only does it provide the secure, dedicated network, it's going to be more reliable, but it provides you a ton of more flexibility uh, on how you operate your multi-purpose venue. You're able to now extend the perimeter of ticket taking or POS or bring some of these experiences out to the parking lots and really utilize your entire property footprint outside of the four walls of the venues. I mean, you kind of think back to you know a facility in my backyard here, the Hard Rock Stadium with Miami Dolphins play. They've done a phenomenal job of you know, having an F1 race, racetrack through their parking lot and uh, the Miami Open, a huge tennis tournament. So having a private private wireless solution and the, the infrastructure savings that would uh, occur because of that is, is immense. Um, you start thinking, even to provide Wi-Fi to tents, you have permanent structures, you can use the, the 5G as backhaul to get the connectivity of these tents instead of uh, running fiber everywhere. Plus being able to transform spaces with other, other services, other wireless services. It's a great way to increase monetization of your space. Yeah, and, and I think that, that plays right into one of the next questions about the cashierless concessions, because you, you know, I'm glad you mentioned Hard Rock in Miami, because that's sort of like the poster child place for proof of concept. In other words, you know, you've got what was built as a stadium with a parking lot outside, and now you're having events that are going out and around that parking lot. Well, how do you get, how do you build a concession stand out there? You know, how do you make it work? How do you make, how do you power it? And, you know, I thought it was really innovative. The the one that they used out there where it's, it's sort of like a pop-up store, but it doesn't work without having the 5G connectivity for it. So, and I know Verizon's involved in this in a partnership with uh, iFi, but can you talk just a little bit about that? You know, why, maybe first of all, why this idea is so popular with fans and, and why it's just such a natural fit for Verizon to be involved in its, in its um, deployments. Yeah, I mean, I think it's an amazing solution. I got the experience at the F1 race. Um, this is kind of that that instance of elevating the the operational experience for the fans by having a, these little pop-up stores that are much more flexibly located and you don't have to staff them. I mean, that was also another concern, was staffing concerns. Um, so you could start utilizing, again, your entire footprint um, for the, the tailgating. And also um, 
smaller grab and goes inside your concourses. You could use little corners of your concourse that were underused or could uh, install one of these stores to kind of move fans around your concourse, create shorter lines at the other more traditional stands and, and just give fans an easier option to, to grab that you know, food and beverage or t-shirt. Right. And, and it seems like Verizon was well poised to you know be a partner in this because inevitably when you're you're talking about putting in a new concessions stand anywhere, right? You're talking about, well, how do I connect it? How do I bring in the POS? How do I, and, and you know, frankly, if you're going to refurbish something completely, right, that's a ton of infrastructure. It seems to me like the solution that Verizon's hit upon allows for a much faster sort of time to market and, and even an easier way to test things without having to, you know, sink in a, a significant amount into infrastructure. Absolutely. Yeah. Again, this goes back to the, the infrastructure savings, just having the, the bandwidth and the, um, the coverage of the, the 5G, it, it just opens up a lot of possibilities. I mean, even outside of the cashierless store, which utilizes cameras, you got to think about security cameras, IPTV and all these things. It, again, it just allows you to, to kind of spread outside the four walls or even within your space to, uh, to be more creative with uh, how you're doing things that help monetize your space. That's great. I'd like to shift a little bit and talk about a little bit more about entry because I think you touched on this as well about being able to bring connectivity to spaces that either didn't have it before or maybe need more connectivity now than they had in the past. Verizon has made an announcement recently partnering with uh, Wicket, which is a software platform that does facial authentication, which to me is is probably poised to be the next big technology that starts to take off in stadiums. We're already seeing it happen in a few places. The Cleveland Browns and the Atlanta Falcons are using this for you know limited trials right now for entry, but it just seems like a really great way to eliminate some of those friction points. But again, if you're doing all the transactions, you're doing you know facial authentication, computation, there's got to be some rock solid uh, connectivity there happening. So can you talk a little bit about just maybe about if people aren't familiar how the facial authentication systems work and what's needed on the back end, because I think that's the thing that sometimes gets overlooked. Yeah, no, with it's outstanding. It's you know it's basically using your your face as your ticket or your your credential to access a space, whether it's um, kind of having more efficient ways to move people through the ticketing line or um, limiting the the VIPs to the exclusive club, and maybe even using that recognition to provide some kind of concierge level experience or a player area, right? So the players are only allowed in here or the team staff. Um, so there's, there's a lot of possibilities on how it's utilized, but again, it uses uh, cameras, tablets, scanning the face, and then authorizing that person to whatever attendant is, is there. And that, you know, that's a significant amount of uh, bandwidth and, and latency that needs to be had to authenticate that face as fast as possible. Um, it isn't just a, scanning a barcode and some bits and data, there's, there's significantly more data being processed in the cloud to, to make that happen. Pretty excited about that. Um, really curious on how uh, people get creative with it, deploying it in certain spaces and a lot of applications, even in like training facilities, allowing staff or players and authenticating, maybe activating, opening that door for some more frictionless access. So Yeah, and it, it, it seems almost on, on many levels a better solution as well. I think the, the Cleveland Browns are using it for on-field access. And, you know, you compare the relative security of having a positive, you know, confirmation of somebody's identity as opposed to a lanyard who, you know, which could have been passed from neck to neck. You know, it just seems like another great advancement. Clearly, our, our, our respondents felt that way too, because there was 
when if and when you look through the results, and by the way, there will be a link to the results on this podcast page, you'll see that many of the venues are already looking at this technology and some are, are even you know well into pilots. I did bring up security there, and, and that was another topic I wanted to hit with you while we still have time. One question that really sort of jumped out on the results was a, a question we kept the same from last year to this year. And it was basically asking respondents how they, you know, to evaluate their own security posture. And what was interesting to me was that from last year to this year, about 10% of the respondents changed their self-evaluation from adequate to not adequate enough. You know, I thought that was a pretty striking change and just want to get your thoughts on that. Did, did maybe the year of return to full stadiums, uh, let venues see that they needed to pay more attention to security maybe than they thought? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think some of it's also a side effect of COVID. I, I think it forced some uh, the digital acceptance, right? So people are more willing to give up more data to gain experience and, and, and different things. So now there's more data, more transmission of data and inherently more risk, right? As we're storing the data and moving it around. So, and there's been a couple instances without naming names where this has been uh, taken advantage of. So right. I think it's definitely uh, come to the forefront as something they need to think about. Um, so, I mean, you absolutely, you want to, you know, do some security assessments, penetration testing, make sure you're dialed in and then make sure you're prepared to handle it if something happens. I mean, it's just a, nothing else. It's a PR nightmare. When, you know, when your when your fans credit card or personal information is violated or your players right now, you have multiple issues with player data going out that might affect your team, like a free agency. So there's a, it's it's really important to, if nothing else, prove that you've you've kind of set yourself up for success. And, and if something does happen, I mean, people are pretty sophisticated that you are you're able to react to it as fast as possible with um, some industry experts. To you know, that's typically not people on your IT staff um, no. for the most part. So um, yeah, I think that it's just. Uh, very important to, to make sure you're, you're prepared. Yeah, I think it was it was pretty telling of a result. Anything else from, from the results? I know you've had some time to, to sort of look over them, but is there anything else that sort of caught your eye? The one interesting one was that the top concern uh, went from COVID last year to this year to be staffing. And, you know, no surprise there, really. It also seemed interesting if you started correlating the results that maybe some of the reasons venues are looking to add more connectivity and do more technological advancements is maybe to make up for some of the staffing shortage or just to better address, like, I think, like you said, with COVID, you know, this just sort of explosion of, of more digital operations taking place in the venue. Right. Yeah. I mean, again, I think it, it all comes back to the network. I mean, you really have to, you have to set yourself up for success and not, and not think about what's out there today. You gotta, you gotta think about, what may be in the future. We don't even know what that is at this point. You know, technology moves so quick and there's the the new hot thing to help get the person in the building or out of the building or, or get their food in their hands. So you really want to, uh, first and foremost, understand the technologies and all of them. You, you want to look at Wi-Fi. You want to look at, understand your DAS strategy around the macro cellular networks and the different carriers. And then again, private wireless, you know, private 5G, LTE, CBRS, and, and how... You best fit that for your use case and, and how you could leverage that and then understanding the roadmaps of all of these as you're moving forward. So you don't just kind of come in and piecemeal everything together and deploy it. You want to have a really defined strategy moving forward and set yourself up for success, not just for 
today's solutions, but tomorrow's solutions. Um, so you're ready when they come. Um, and, and have a game plan to, you know, kind of when are we going to look at refreshing, right? When are we going to, when do we need to upgrade? When is, uh, you know, say Ericsson going to upgrade their, their private 5G solutions to provide X experience? And then what can we do with it when it does that, right? So, like, you know, when 5G network slicing becomes, comes a thing and get out there, how will we be able to leverage that for broadcasting and, and, uh, and, and other solutions? So, you know, that moves into what's happened with the, the proliferation of cashierless payment, accelerated access. These are all, all technologies that are going to help with that staffing element. You know, there's a lot to think about, tremendous opportunities out there. Um, and it's uh, honestly, it's an exciting time in technology as, as we kind of think about where it's going. It's, it's evolving so quick. I mean, if you think we're kind of the last five years and the, the event business has grown um, since, since COVID, I think there's twice as many events this Live events this year as there has been in years past, even prior to COVID. So it's an exciting time for event technology and uh, a lot to think about uh, to understand. And uh, anyone help what needs help understanding this, you know, please reach out to me. Verizon has a, a stable of experts and all of all of these technologies to help you kind of build a cohesive strategy moving forward and to, to get everything connected. That's a great point. I, I mean, I'm I'm excited as well. I mean, it's from you know our seat where we we sort of look at things and and try to you know make sense of them for people. It it strikes me that even though there's a lot of work and a lot of interesting new things and new problems to tackle, there's also interesting new technologies that are really being built and deployed to help solve these things and really even move the needle, you know, farther forward with concessions and entry and security. But to your point, I think having a trusted partner, you know, it's hard for any one person or any one team to keep up with everything that's going on. And you know, there's nothing like bringing in a, a good new coach to lead the team in the field. Absolutely. Uh, so, Kevin, thanks for your time today. Really appreciate it. Thanks for your insights. Great takes. As I said before, for listeners, if you look here on the podcast page, you'll find a link to download the full results of our Stadium Connectivity Outlook survey, as well as a short white paper analysis of the same results. And I uh, hope you enjoyed the podcast today. Kevin, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Paul. This episode is also brought to you by Matsing. Does your venue need a high-capacity, reliable network to provide a better fan experience? Did you know that Matsing's innovative lens antennas provide the highest capacity connectivity in stadiums and arenas globally, with only a few antennas needed to cover entire venues? Contact Matsing at matsing.com to discuss your venue's advanced connectivity needs. We'd like to take a quick moment to thank the sponsors of Stadium Tech Report, whose support enables us to continue our efforts to bring our objective, unbiased, and unpaid for content to the stadium technology marketplace. Our supporters include our co-producing sponsor, AmpThink, our survey sponsor, Verizon, our podcast title sponsors, x Systems and Matsing, and our publication sponsors, which include American Tower, Cox Business Hospitality Network, and Boingo. The Stadium Tech Report podcast is brought to you by Stadium Tech Report, the go-to publication for stadium technology news, analysis, and commentary. Technical production for the Stadium Tech Report podcast is led by creative director Dan Grimsley and digital designer Jackie Wen. Web and design work is by David Farris and John David. 
All contents of the Stadium Tech Report podcast are copyright Stadium Tech Report. Audio, video, and print content may not be reused without the express written consent of Stadium Tech Report.